Amen. Well, thank you, Gary. Um, it is a is an honor to be here with you guys. Um, that last song kind of got me. I hadn't heard that for a little while, and uh, what a challenging, challenging week this has been for many of us. Right, waiting, being patient, and uh, everything else that's come along with it. I know there's many that uh, are in quarantine, and uh, for the folks viewing out there, I don't know which camera I'm looking at, but um, for the folks viewing out there uh, that, are, that are quarantined and unable to move around, boy, um, just that prayer for more love and more power in our lives, and uh, so necessary for us. Um, I do want to thank this congregation for uh, just everything that it's given to the VOA, as Gary said. Um, it's been remarkable to have as much partnership going on, uh, built around serving others, built around folks actually giving of their time, their resources, their energy, their, their life, uh, to see people served. I thank Pastor Chad. Uh, Chad, I'm sure you're watching out there. Um, and I, I want to thank him just for the opportunity and for, for giving me the call and allowing me to come and share a bit of my heart, uh, a bit of my story. Today, um, it's very encouraging to have the support from Chad and, and so many other pastors in this community. This is such a giving, thoughtful community, and they really do care about the folks who are struggling and uh, have great needs. So I'm, I'm thankful to, to share this time again. You know, Volunteers of America has a 125-year now history of serving the least of these throughout our nation, serving folks who have great needs, great struggle, and, and doing it with Christ's love. And uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. We come alongside the local church is what we really do. So we're, we're a parachurch ministry, um, and we get the opportunity to partner in ways that uh, bring resources, that bring programs to bring volunteers together to actually give service to folks who have these needs. Um, it's an amazing piece. Uh, our mission at Volunteers of America has always been to reach and uplift all people and bring them to the immediate knowledge and active service of God. So it's not just presenting the gospel to people. It's, it's, it's doing that in love, but also encouraging them once they have that heart of gratitude, once they know Christ, to jump in and to begin to serve others. And I think one of the things that's remarkable about um, our affiliate is how many folks have come through our programs, whether it's for addiction, whether they've been homeless, whether they're maybe a, a veteran that struggled with PTSD, whatever it might be. We have folks that come through our programs, and then they come back and they serve with us. There's... there's plenty of people who have made that change and that transition, and that's so important for us. Our founders, Ballington and Maud Booth, they were a fiery couple. You know, Ballington was this guy, I think six foot seven or something, and Maud was like four foot nothing, and uh, if you can imagine that picture, and you know, Maud was just a, a, a spitfire 
for Christ. She really was. She went into the prisons and she spoke and she shared her faith with people without fear. And I, I just love her. The, the inmates in the big prisons back in the 1890s, they called her little mother. And she would go in and visit them and spend time with them. It was remarkable. Both Ballington and Maud, as a couple who started Volunteers of America, um, coming from the Salvation Army and, and making that tr transition to stay here in America, keep the resources that they were getting here in America. They were ordained, both of them, uh, by uh, an interdenominational panel. Uh, many, many different denominations coming together and saying, we see the work that you guys are doing and we want to bless you. And they were ordained by this panel of Protestant churches at the time in the 1890s, if you can imagine that. And both of them set on the path of serving other people. I'm honored to be an ordained minister with Volunteers of America to continue this tradition, to continue to serve people in need and work in many different churches. It's a blessing. I get to know pastors and the folks in different churches who are struggling with different things um, all across a three-state area. We, we serve all of Montana, part of South Dakota, and all of Wyoming. And uh, there's a lot of churches, a lot of folks that uh, are willing to jump in and help out to serve, and that's, that's such a blessing for me. So Gary kind of mentioned this, but uh, there are a whole handful of people here in your own congregation that are serving and helping us. There currently are six people here who are actually ministers with us, uh, four who are commissioned and two who are ordained. Our commissioned ministers are much like deacons in the church, and uh, our ordained leaders are, uh, really help me in the ministry to uh, be thoughtful about how we're moving forward, the vision for the ministry, and uh, help me to serve this larger group of growing ministers. We have 25 ministers now within our whole affiliate, and uh, that's a lot. I'm, I'm blessed by that, and, and most all of them serve on a pretty routine basis. Some of them weekly are involved in programs. That's a lot of time they give, and I sure appreciate that. So I'd go as far, I think, to say is that our ministry wouldn't be what it is, as full, as vital, especially here in Sheridan, in this area, without many of the folks here at, in your congregation. And again, I just want to say thank you for that. Uh, thank you to Chad and, and other leaders who have been here, who have taken the time to uh, mentor, to encourage, to disciple folks, preparing them for the mission field, preparing them for the opportunity to serve. Um, these folks understand one of the key scriptures with our uh, ministry, and that comes from James 1.22. It says, to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. It says that we're deceived in that place when we just hear and don't do. And so these folks are walking that out um, daily with what they do. Uh, this word from, from Brother James speaks to a balance. There's a balance needed. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit today about service and about that balance and about where our heart is. Um, it's important for us to be filled up with God's Word, to be fed on more than just milk, right? Um, but at some point, that filling has to be poured out. It longs to be poured out 
to others. We can't just stay uh, filled up. Have you ever seen a balloon that stays too filled up for too long? It gets all wrinkly, doesn't it? And <laughs> I think that's how our spiritual life is. God desires us to move forward and, and let that out and then to be filled up again and c- continue to uh, be on that cycle. So I think about young cadets who are trained in fighting, given all the the tools necessary to go out on the battlefield. But at some point, to really make an impact in the war, they have to go out and fight. They have to go out and be a part of it. And uh, I think that's part of what VOA, for me, has has done. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, obviously, but I think there's a real sense that I sat in a congregation for years and years and years and, and there was a little bit of serving here and a little bit of serving there. But I recognized that God was calling to a deeper place. All those times of filling up were needing a place to go. Um, there's fruit in that. So, like I said, we're going to spend a bit of time in James today. Um, I don't know if there's any Rich Mullins fans here. Does anybody remember Rich Mullins? Yeah, okay. All right, good. Got some folks with me. So I love Rich Mullins and uh, his ministry of, of music and, and just life. He was a servant himself, and, uh, but he, <laughs> there's a particular song that always reminds me uh, when I hear it and when I think about the image, it always reminds me of the need to serve. And this comes out of James, so I'm going to show us this really quickly here. So it says, faith comes from God. This is one of the verses in the song. Every word that he breathes. He lets you take it to your heart so you can give it hands and feet. It's got to be active if it's going to be alive. You got to put it into practice. Otherwise, it's about as useless as a screen door on a submarine. It's a great image, right? What's a submarine uh, need a screen door for? Well, it obviously doesn't. And so faith without works the same way. We want to talk about that a little bit today. I'm going to bring up this actually, this verse in James. In 2.26, it says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Faith without works, a key concept in this book of James. He goes as far to say, again, that it's, that it's, it's death. There's death in that. So it urges us, hopefully, both new and old believers, uh, to put our proverbial money where our mouth is a little bit, doesn't it? I believe it's important to add that works here, as James is talking about, um, is not a requirement for salvation. James never contradicts the need for grace and repentance and faith. But what he's getting at, I think, is that when we don't go out from that place of faith and begin to serve, begin to do things when we're filled up with Christ's love, there's a death that comes in that. There's a deadness that comes. So, think about this. It's a sickness. This deadness brings a lack of satisfaction in our lives. We only need to look out at the effects of isolation right now and what it's causing in people. The depression rates are going through the roof. People aren't feeling satisfied. They're, they're feeling like they're not connected. When we don't go out and get opportunities um, to serve, there's a lack of joy 
There's a lack of hope for the future, and, and we really do see that right now. It's what we were created for. Our service is an act of worship, uh, bringing glory to our God. We are stewards. We are stewards of the Most High. That's what we were created for. Our God is all-loving. We know that. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's kind. He's righteous. A lot of words to describe how great our God is. And we recognize that there's no gift that we could give that would ever match what Christ has given us, His sacrifice on the cross. Yet, as we see our hearts become filled with thankfulness, there's a great opportunity for us to serve, to serve in His name. This service to Christ's kingdom is fully committed. It's relentless. It's an act that consumes our lives, a deep call to model Christ to others and to do to others, as we would hope, done to ourselves. This is true servant leadership. And prayer is a, is a huge piece of this. I want to talk about prayer for a minute. And I'm going to talk about myself just a little bit. Uh, I, I don't want to bore anybody. Um, if, you, if you snore, um, I'll try to remind you that I'm getting through this piece about myself. But, but I do want to lay some groundwork, and I think testimony is an important piece of that. So, so in 2007, uh, I had just moved my family back home. We were in Wisconsin for a little while helping with some ministry things there, and, and we had come back. And uh, there was a lot going on in 2007. For those of you who've been around Sheridan for a little while, you'll know that that was the time where the big uh, methane gas boom was going on and things were really busy. And uh, there was lots of work for me to do. I was uh, involved in painting, had my own little paint company for a little while and stayed really busy and did a few other things. And it was pretty great. But as I began to pray, I felt this void. I felt a little bit of a void in my heart. I really did. And uh, what happened was, um, as I began to pray, I kept hearing the Lord tell me that He wanted me to work with folks who were homeless, folks who were in need. And I said, well, Lord, I'm in Sheridan, Wyoming. I don't know what you're talking about. But He said, yeah, I want you to work with folks who are homeless. And I do remember being a youth leader at Cornerstone Church here and spending time with my youth. And one of the things we used to do Thanksgiving was to go up to the homeless shelter here and serve a meal and maybe help decorate, get ready for Christmas time. And it was a huge blessing. The folks up there always were so thankful to see the young kids coming up and spending time with them. And I just remember this sense of deep satisfaction at that time. And the Lord reminded me, I keep hitting that button, I'm so sorry. Uh, the Lord reminded me that there was something powerful in that, that there was a, a deeper calling for me. So I prayed, I began to do that. And there was an opportunity for me to get my foot in the door. Uh, again, this is God's grace and favor. As I started looking to the homeless shelter as a place to to serve more fully, um, the guy that was the HR director for Volunteers of America at the time who ran the homeless shelter, he was actually in my church, and we connected, and I told him, man, I really feel like this is something that's on my heart to do, 
And he said, well, you got to get your foot in the door then. You just got to go and, and apply and, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe something will open up. It's a growing organization. Who knows? So I, I did that. I went and I put my, put my foot in. I said, okay, Lord, this is my first step of faith and I'm going to do this. And the first week when I got hired, I was an overnight mentor at the Life House. Back when it was up on 5th Street, Mark Robertson was the man in charge at that time, and a guy named Russ Cahal was working with me, training me, and, and uh, it was an interesting time. A uh, little bit scary, to be honest with you. I have my own walk of recovery, so I'm, I'm not totally void of understanding the concepts and, and uh, being with people in that position, but to go in in that way and serve people that were having those needs... Uh, was a bit much for me. It, it was a little overwhelming. But as I did that, God continued to open doors. And it was only one week, one week after I had said, yep, I'm going to do this, and fully committed and started the job, that there was an opening at the homeless shelter. Actually, Kim Price, who's another member here of your congregation, she got in touch with me. And she said, Nick, I, I know you don't have any experience, but I want you to come interview for this role, and it was a service coordinator role at the time. Uh, and I said, okay, I'm willing to do that. And again, I had no experience, but something connected there, and it was God's favor is really what it was. And he opened up that door, and I started within one week working up there. And I remember the homeless shelter days. Uh, there was not a lot of times when those positions were open. They didn't come open very frequently. Uh, there was always somebody there that was, you know, wanting that job and wanting to learn and grow. And so for me to slip in in one week and be working there was pretty phenomenal. There's so many great moments that I had then, opportunities to share Christ with other people as I started working there. And yeah, there was the daily work that went on, but in this calling, I recognized that there was a real opportunity to affect change changing people's life, and I wasn't there to simply uh, preach the gospel to them, and I wasn't there simply just to give them a warm meal. There was a balance that I was learning. We need that balance. So I, I want to leave that story and just mention that in today's population, in our society, you can recognize this. Just look at our, our results from uh, the week. We're very divided. We're very polarized, aren't we? And I think that it's more important for us and more and more people are recognizing that we have to really see Christ's command to love and serve those uh, who, who sometimes oppose us, who sometimes don't do life as we do or uh, think a little differently. Uh, he's still calling us to serve them. I want to bring finally this scripture up. So this is Matthew 5, 40 through 42. It says, if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If anyone forces you to go a mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Serving others in this way gives us opportunity to really rise above our egos and connect with a deeper part of how God has created us. There's, there's the ego that drives us, makes our, our daily decisions and kind of 
keeps us in survival mode. But I think God has made us much bigger. He's made us for more than that. He's made us to be creative, to be loving, to be compassionate. And it's that part of ourselves where compassion, love, creativity, and purpose find fullness. We're not merely flesh. God has made us much more diverse. At Volunteers of America, I am blessed, really, to serve uh, those who come to us broken, broken from addiction, broken from um, mental health issues, broken from just family stuff, generational stuff that's gone on in their life. And as we work with them, one of our goals is to help them recognize that they are not simply just a physical body, but they are made up of the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual. Those pieces have to be whole for them to walk things out. Uh, they need to know that they're deeply loved by God in that as well. So we help to share with them that finding true peace doesn't come from just simply quitting that thing that we're addicted to. And folks that have walked through addiction, they recognize this. It's not just about putting that thing down and walking away and all of a sudden you're okay. It's about truly finding at the core of us where that brokenness, where, where sin, where the world has, has really caused us pain and harm and we've pushed away and beginning to deal with those things. The twelfth step is an amazing, amazing reminder. It's, it's a powerful thing. All the 12 steps are, I believe, uh, divinely inspired by, by our God. But the 12th step particularly talks about how we are to take the things that we've learned once we walk through that process and serve others with them. It actually says, as having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we carry this message to others. That's our goal, sharing hope and serving in different ways. After 13 years, Gary, you said 10. It's actually been 13 years now that I've been working with you and others there at VOA. Uh, dedicating myself to the ministry of service, there's been a lot of lessons learned, you can imagine. Uh, so today I want to share three points, and we'll make our way through this pretty quick. But I want to share three points that I believe are important in our ability to serve Christ well. So the first one is that true kingdom service comes from a heart of gratitude. We have to have gratitude as we really choose uh, this piece of serving. So Colossians 3.17 tells us that whatever you do, word or deed, there's a, that language again, word or deed, uh, whatever you do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I have to admit, there's been times where I've caught myself, <laughs> this is, don't throw things at me when I say this, but I've caught myself going into place when I'm serving somebody, maybe it's a high profile thing or maybe it's something that looks really great and I think to myself, oh, this is going to make me look really good. This is going to make others think really highly of me and God forgive me for that thought, but again, we're flesh and these things rise up and they happen to us. We live in a me culture. Social media promotes self-celebrity within all of us, doesn't it? Let me get a selfie. Let me post it up. Let me show you what I'm doing. There's been YouTube stars. For those of you that get the YouTube piece, there's been YouTube stars that have made millions of dollars off of selling charity. 
right? They go out and they, they film something where they take something to a homeless person or they give something away. And really all it's for is to create more views so they get more money on the back end. There's no real heart of gratitude in it. We want to serve when we feel like it, when it helps us further our self-image. So back to James, we see that he says, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every idle practice. I think everybody here would agree that there's plenty of disorder in our world right now. And I think sometimes service gets clouded for us. and We don't understand how to do it or we're fearful of it, what it might take. It might consume us too much. Thankfully, Jesus didn't have these selfish desires. He was the ultimate servant, humble, true. He did it knowing that it meant relationship for us and him. He sacrificed and gave his life for something at a much higher scale, a much higher level, that we might get to have relationship with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When I first gave my life to Christ, this realization of his sacrifice, it, it brought me to my knees like that. I, I spent a lot of time on my knees in repentance, recognizing that I had lived a life of sin, of selfishness, and that God gave Jesus anyways. He offered his blood to cover me because I couldn't pay that debt. And it, and it wrecked me for quite a while. But out of those ashes of wreckage came a gratitude, a, a grateful heart that just said, okay, Lord, send me. I'm not going to do everything perfect, and I, well, I haven't, but send me to be used. I often tell the men and women in our chapel services that I serve still today on that bank, that investment of gratitude that came from those moments of repentance and recognition. It shifted the me perspective in me, that one of self-survival and fear and anxiety, to God's perspective, one of love towards others, one of unity in Christ. And it ultimately led me to this ministry of service, and, and I'm blessed every day by getting to do this. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11 says, Each of you should use... Whoops, I'm sorry. Did I pass it? I didn't add it, but I'm going to read it. 1 Peter 4, 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. As a faithful steward of God's grace in various forms, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. And if anyone serves... They should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. We need gratitude to serve well. Let's move on to point number two. Our serving expands through encouragement. Our ability to serve expands through encouragement. Another scripture here, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, says, And let us consider... How to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit, uh, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. 
One of our Christ-centered programs at Volunteers of America uses faith coaches to provide mentorship and discipleship to the patients that we're serving. They come alongside and walk with them. And it's every week that they meet with them and have a little bit of time to where they're helping them look at the spiritual piece of what they're going through, helping them to recognize their higher power and how to tap in to him. Um, I'm constantly inspired by the men and women that do that. There's, there's a few in this congregation, and I'm very thankful for it. Uh, they share their stories with each other and with a bigger group of us as well. So we all get to see and hear what's happening in that program. But it also, uh, at times, there's a sense of burden and heaviness that, that comes from them. They maybe hear or see something, uh, get in a conversation with one of the folks they're working with, and there's this thing called secondary trauma where we actually take on the, the stress or the burden from hearing somebody else's story. And those things are real. That's, that's how God has, has wired us. And they need to have that time of encouragement. So one of the things that we've done is uh, set up opportunities for them. Um, I want to mention something about resistance right now because I think we see this in, in not only our faith coaches, but in the folks that come to us at VOA and want to serve. There's this real idea of resistance. Resistance is a real thing. And Pressfield guy that wrote this book called The War of Art, he says that the more important a call or action is to our soul's evolution, the more resistance we're going to feel pursuing it. There's a lot of resistance that takes place. One of the things that we do is come together monthly as a team, and we always offer other times with uh, our faith coaches and ministers to pray with them, to encourage them, and they get to share their stories. They get to talk about their joys but they also then get to share those things that are frustrations to them, those things that are, are burdening them, that they're walking through, because God knows that we need to have encouragement. Again, we're created to be stewards. From the very beginning, God said, go out and be stewards and, and serve people, serve others, and glorify me. And then he saw that, that Adam, again, was alone, and he said, boy, that's not a good thing. Adam needs a partner. And, and we just need to have those folks in our lives that are encouraging. Some who've been ready to give up, and there's quite a few at times, they feel like they haven't fulfilled what God has called them to, or they feel maybe unwanted or a little bit useless, and they need that time of encouragement. And they've come to us and had that dialogue, and today they're still serving because that's, that's there. That's an opportunity that's real. Sometimes we get busy. And we just get on that track of wanting to serve or wanting to move forward. And yet God knows that we need to have that uh, time of, with him, that downtime, and with each other. This time of fellowship is good. So finally, I'm going to get to the third point here. Sharing your testimony is an amazing act of service. The reason I'm bringing this up is because, again, my, my experience... All of Scripture testifies to the goodness of God. The Holy Spirit inspired man to share stories of great faith all throughout the Bible that are still impacting us to serve today. That's how powerful they are. A few years ago, I was in a, a workshop that focused on uh, creating our own mission statement. I don't know if anybody here has done that. 
but it was an amazing exercise. So what we did is we worked through the day to think about um, how God has made us, the, the gifts that we have, the passions that we have, and to begin to form a mission statement for our life. And these things change and, and adapt throughout our life, I think, but it was a really great exercise because it let me focus in a little bit more on who God made me and, and what was the important canopy over my life. Not just all the urgent things that came to me, but what was really important. So as I prayed about it and I went into this experience, Revelation 12, 11 stood out to me. They have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. What a powerful partnership statement with God, right? By the word of their testimony and by the blood of Jesus, they overcome. They overcome the enemy. They overcome their own flesh, their fears. They overcome to have eternal life. Being involved in the recovery world for many years, I know how testimonies can be used to serve others in a powerful way. They have an in eternal impact on people when we share them boldly. Many folks who serve in our ministry have shared their testimonies multiple times. Just this Saturday, actually, we had a couple share at our chapel service. And Gary just let me know that it was an amazingly powerful time. People's lives are changed because we get to hear those stories of somebody, how they experienced God and made a real change in their life. Powerful. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. One of the most powerful tools we have for sharing our faith is our testimony. So I recognized this during this workshop that I was in. In my life mission statement, at that point then, because of my own ability to share my testimony and working in the homeless shelter and working with folks in need, I just recognized that. My mission statement became, I'm here to share my story for His glory. That's what I wanted to do, and that's what I still do today. And yeah, there's other things that I need to be involved in and do as a, as a leader and a minister, but when I get a chance to share my story for His glory, there's something profound that happens, something powerful. Sharing our testimony with others builds relationships and tears down those initial walls of awkwardness. It's like having a dagger to get to the core of an onion. Think about that for a minute. Instead of having to take all the layers off one at a time and get down to the center, it, the dagger just plunges in and gets right to the heart, gets right to that place of allowing the Holy Spirit space to work. Being part of the, uh, the Celebrate Recovery Ministry for many years also helped me shape my testimony. So I want to challenge folks really quick here to think about that for a minute. Challenge you to think about your own testimony if you haven't done that before. It's a wonderful way to share. It's a wonderful way to, to serve others and, and being prepared to have that message of why we have faith, why we have hope in every circumstance. Um, thinking about particular events that shaped your life, praying about what your life has been like since salvation, what you've got to see, what you've got to uh, have victory in. 
People need to hear that. That's the faith that we have. I can't say enough about the power of your story and how it become, uh, becomes his story. There's opportunities all around us to serve, and maybe you've been sensing it for a while. Um, as I kind of wrap up my time here, I want to I pray for us, but I want to remind you that maybe there's been a call on your heart to, to serve in a different way. Maybe the Lord has been stirring in you like he, he was in me back in 2007 to, to make a, uh, a step, to take a step of, of faith and do something different. Maybe it's not your entire job and, and all uh, that, that I walked into, but maybe there's something powerful. And I appreciate the word from our missionaries today as well that uh, just remind us how important it is for us to, when the call is placed, to walk out and step out in that without fear, but trusting God. So maybe asking yourself what that thing is and then what's keeping you from it? What's driving you away from it? Where is resistance at work in you? Resistance, again, pops up in many different ways. Who's your encouragement team? Have you been able to tell even anyone else about what God is calling you to. If you're not getting prayer, if you're not starting to have that dialogue, it's going to be pretty tough to walk into it. We need to do that. Resistance recruits allies, and it's all about sabotaging your plans. Maybe that's the enemy. Sometimes it's, it's us. Sometimes it's others' voices that have been in our lives that, that just make those little tiny statements, Right? that tears something down in us instead of being encouraging. And we don't want to walk out in something. So I'm going to end with one final comment from our brother James. Uh, chapter 4, he begins speaking about passion and pride. And the interesting verse for me is, is verse 17. I don't have this one up here, but he says, Whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. I'm going to say that again. Forever, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for that, for him it is sin. So when we leave here, we enter the mission field. My pastor, Pastor Tony, says that all the time, and there's a little sign above our door that says, you're now entering the mission field as we leave. Uh, we must encourage other, each other, help each other as we serve. We may never get uh, on board with everything that we believe, right? We're always going to have some differences. But one of the things I recognize about serving, and I have these past 13 years, is that when we serve others, it's really easy for us to come together. We don't have to have all of our little doctrines just right. We don't have to worry about those things because we're serving people in Christ's love. And we're going to meet them on the journey wherever they're at. And just love on them. And as we serve, you know what happens? The world sees Christ glorified. As we serve the world together, they see Christ glorified. And that's what we're all about. So, let me take a moment and pray for us. Thinking about service and what we've talked about today. And again, I, I so appreciate your time and those folks out there with us, if you guys would just join me.
Heavenly Father, we love you. We glorify you. And we thank you for our lives lived with you, for the fellowship time that we get to have together, Lord, for knowing you. And Lord, each one of us has had a moment where we've been able to serve someone to have an opportunity to, to say something, to show something, maybe to, to do something impactful because of your love, because of the gratitude that we have inside. And there's been a satisfaction that's come, Lord, from that. There's been a, a, a deep uh, place, a deep void in our hearts that's felt filled by our serving, Lord. And for everyone, that's going to look a little different because you've created us all just a little bit different, Lord. We're thankful for that. And so I ask as uh, folks here begin to ponder those places of service maybe that they haven't stepped into, I ask that you would give them, Lord, strength, that you would help them to recognize that, that there would be a clarity there, Lord. And then that you would help them to bring others around, to encourage, to begin to walk through those things with them, maybe to help them with resources and to pray for them, Lord. Ultimately, our ability to serve has an impact that we don't even understand sometimes. It has an impact eternally for your kingdom, and we want to be about that work, Lord. So help us today to recognize that and give us the strength spiritually, physically, and emotionally to go out and live the life you called us to. We thank you and we love you. Give you praise in your name. Amen.